Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. My definition of a change maker is someone who puts their foot forward and make things happen, make changes in people's lives on purpose. Being a change maker, it takes a certain set of eyes in order to look at a situation and say, there's something that's good, there's something that's bad, but then there's something that has to go beyond, something that has to go into a change. It's someone that knows kind of how to rock the boat to push you where you need to be. I think of someone who shifts atmospheres, of someone who is influencing the spaces that they're in. To like grow and really dig and find out what God's put inside of you and not just leaving it there, but okay, cool, now you've discovered what your gifts are. How can you put that to work and how can you use that to serve? I believe as a change maker, God's gonna call you uh, into places that you're not familiar with. Try to, to help people find this way to build a relationship with God, see we are not alone. There's always an intimidation that comes with some of this sometimes. You're like, I don't necessarily know. I start to build a relationship, like a strong relationship with God. It gives you that courage and boldness to take that step when you know that there's other people on your left and your right walking with you and are also kind of pursuing the same things. They're full of love. You find a way to, you know, just do something. A lot of it is just showing up. There's one thing to have a mindset or to have a vision on your own. But imagine if you were to take your vision and put it in God's hands. You are a meaningful person. You make a purpose in people's lives. We're really here to be servants. And when you really understand that, everything else actually comes after it follows. Everybody, happy 4th of July. Yes, yeah, anybody else excited for fireworks tonight? Woo, we started early. We had some fireworks outside of our house all night last night. Praise the Lord. So good. Excited to see you in church today. What a beautiful day to be in church. Oh, my word. The sun is out. What a glorious day the Lord has given us. Hey, we're going to get the change kids. If you are from infant all the way to fifth grade, you're going to go with your fearless leader, Ashley, to the change kids room. Give it up for our next generation. Come on, make some noise for our next generation. Yeah. Future leaders of America right there. Our church believes that that is the one, they are the ones who hold the future. They are the ones who own it. And so if we don't prep and train, man, we are doing them an injustice. But if we prep and train them correctly, they'll be the ones to transform the world for Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We're starting a new series today called Change Makers. And I'm so excited to define what we truly believe this church is filled with is change makers. People who make a change with their life that are filled with Christ and do things that are supernaturally impactful. How many believe that, that you can be a change maker, a 
all right? You can be a change maker. And so I want to break down, just so you know, the heart of what we're doing in this series. Really, God gave us a dream as a church to start a movement of people, a movement and an army. I don't know how else to define it, but just an army. Because an army, what they are is they're a collective group of individuals who are after to conquer. And that's what he called us to do, to raise up a people, a generation, an army of those who are change makers, those that aren't okay with the status quo, they're not okay with everything as is, but Jesus came and he, he basically let loose a group of individuals, the disciples, that were change makers. And so when you really look at this, you have to define what is a change maker. And all throughout the series, man, we're going to be breaking down. How do we step into our God-sized dreams? How many have a God-sized dream? Something that's bigger than you. Something that maybe even scares you when you start to think about the details of it. Right? Something that you maybe keeps you up at night. But this is what I believe that God is calling every Christian to is to dream God-sized dreams. Amen? And if you don't have one, I believe it in this series, maybe even today, God is going to blow up the walls and boundaries you have around your dreams. I'm believing that the Spirit of God, because the Bible says, where the Spirit is, there is... Oh, y'all don't know this? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is... Thank you. Freedom. We celebrate freedom today. We celebrate a country that we live in that has freedom for all. What a beautiful thing that we get to stand on. But it all started with individuals who made a choice to stand for freedom. And so here's what I believe. I believe that as you, if you would, let the word of God speak to you today. Open up your heart, open up your mind from whatever you've had as dreams in the past, or maybe you've had some dreams that have failed and have fallen. I know that's the biggest blockade and stop of those to keep on dreaming. And maybe you sit here today and you've come against a lot of things in the past that have killed your dreams. And so you have a hard time dreaming big. In fact, you have a hard time even dreaming at all. And so to think God-sized dreams is like, whoa, that's crazy talk. Or maybe some of you, you have a God-sized dream, but you're just waiting for the right opportunity, the right moment to step out. Hey, I want to dive into how do we lean in and how do we hear God's voice in the midst of a God-sized dream? And maybe you're, you're on the, the one side of the river, right, where the Israelites were, when they knew the promised land was on the other side. They knew what God was calling them to, and they knew they weren't to settle where they are, but they didn't have that next step until God led them. And I'm believing in this series, God is going to ignite a dream in your heart. He's going to let you rise to what you've been called to do as an individual. And he's going to empower you to do it. Amen? Hallelujah. This church, we launched it three years ago. And uh, God did some uh, incredible things in our hearts as we were launching this thing. And if you haven't been through Belong, I encourage you, today we're starting our Belong series. So if you haven't been through it, to find your purpose and find out, hey, how you can be involved in the church, but also just come alive to who you are 
as a Christ follower, I encourage you to do that. But we tell the story. God all started with Kim, and, and Kim was a girl in our youth group that uh, committed suicide and, and took her life. And it all started from that being broken for what God's heart was broken for. As we saw a need, and we saw what God was calling us to come in and meet. And so I'm believing that this is what God wants to do in every one of us, is he wants to show us a need, break our heart for it, and give us a God-sized dream in order how to fulfill what he wants down on earth. When Jesus came with his disciples, his mission was very clear. From moment one, it was to bring heaven's reality down to earth. And that was his sole purpose. Everything he preached was the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Kingdom of heaven was at hand. Before Jesus, it was all about the Messiah coming to rescue. The Messiah coming. There will be a day when the Messiah comes. And even when Jesus came, that was the big thing on everybody's mind and every question in their mouth. Is this the Messiah? Is this the one? What we have to realize, and why I'm saying this is because you have to understand the foundation that we stand upon. And even today, as we celebrate 4th of July and we light up fireworks, we have to remember the day that the Declaration of Independence was approved, right? It was actually the second, but we celebrated on the fourth. But they, they finished the document, right? And they approved it, and the 13 original colonies came together and were separated to become a free country. And you have to understand what you stand upon today. Because if you don't understand what you're founded on, you can never understand what you need to build. If you don't understand where you came from, you never understand where you're going. You have to realize what you're standing upon, what grounds you're on. We stand in a land of freedom. We have a lot of freedoms that not a lot of other countries have. And we've been realizing that as we've had Leticia in our house, we've learned about Brazil and all the different things going on over there. And, and really, it's opened our eyes to see all the different countries and what is going on. And when you look around the world, you realize how much freedom we have as Americans. Freedom of speech. Freedom of religion. I mean, there are those in China. You read about those in China that are persecuted for their faith and have to take their church underground. And it's crazy what we stand upon. But when we understand what we stand upon, then you can know how to stand for that freedom and then how to push it beyond where it's been. And so before Jesus, it was all about the Messiah coming. Then when Jesus came, it was all about kingdom on earth. Kingdom on earth. And with his Christ followers, with his disciples, he taught them, hey, you are to bring the kingdom of heaven down to earth, just like me. You are to be a change maker. A change maker is one who sees like God, who has the God-sized dream, and is stepping out and changing the atmosphere everywhere they go. When you're a change maker, you think differently. You walk into every situation differently. You just do, because you see things no one else sees. When you're walking down the street, there might be 10 individuals and they might all see the guy on the side of the street with the, the sign, right? You've seen it. If you live in Philadelphia, you've seen it. The guy or the girl with the sign, homeless, need help. Anything will help. God bless. 
you, right? It's just all these different things. And there might be 10 individuals that see the same exact thing, but there might be one that sees differently because they have the perspective of the Father. And that perspective of the Father draws them to do something different than the average. And that's what I'm believing for, is that God shows us a new vision, shows us a new reality of what he wants accomplished. See, as a church, we have a dream. And I want you to be praying with me on that dream. We have a dream to reach this city for Jesus Christ. We have a dream to see people come alive to their purpose. Now, we say that a lot, but it literally means for people to come alive to the kingdom inside, right? The kingdom of God inside of them. Because I believe with all my heart, when you come to Jesus, there should be a drastic difference in your life. There just should. You shouldn't come to Jesus and then we question, well, if they're following Christ, why is all this other stuff a part of their life? No, you see, when Jesus comes in and he truly transforms you, when you come and you fully surrender and you make him Lord, not just Savior, you make him Lord of your life, everything drastically changes. And that's what we're believing for. We're believing our dream as a church is to have a place, a place of our own, a place where we can raise up revivalists, raise up those who see differently, those who preach the word of God boldly, those who go into the streets and transform it because they're going with the mindset of a change maker. I'm believing for that space. I'm believing for the place where we're going to have a kids' ministry that is one, and already I can say this about our kids' ministry, one that the kids can't wait to get to. Every week, my kids are like, is Change Kids happening? Is Change Kids going on? Are we going to get to go to Change Kids? Because they love going to church. How many know that's so important for our kids to want Jesus to want to learn about him, to want to know him, to want to experience the presence of God. Come on, that is, that is our dream as a church, is to have a place where we build a kids' ministry that is beyond, that is something that kids can't wait to get to. I mean, the whole nine yards. I'm believing for a space. We can have our own kids' wing. Come on, Kirby. Let's go. Our own kids' wing to where you drop your kids off and it is like Disney World. I mean, it is crazy. Everything. Everything. But I'm believing that God is going to resource the vision he gave us. Amen? Do you believe it? You see, we are people with a dream. God's given us a huge vision to transform the city when we came into the city, our big heart was we want to serve. We want to know what's going on in our city so we can know how to meet the need. When we came into the city, the first year, we didn't even start the church. We just said, hey, that was church. This has changed. Let's all gather and let's serve. So we took the coffee cart out to the street. We served people coffee. We got involved with some nonprofits. We just got involved in the city, started learning about what was going on here. How can we be involved? Why, God was stoking a dream. I know God's gonna stoke a dream in you. And maybe some of you are sitting in this church and you're a part of this dream. Man, you are literally living in the dream that we had four years ago, five years ago, as I'm thinking, as we went on, on a trip and just wrote down the dream that God was placed in our heart. What would it look like? What would a movement look like if people caught the fire of God? If people caught his presence?
If we had a space where we don't just meet to sing and preach and get entertained, but we had a space where we saw the glory of God fall, what would that look like? And today we're sitting in the midst of that dream. It looks different than when we started. We started in the punchline. We were all around tables and chairs. Do you remember? How many were with us in punchline? You remember some of the OGs. You remember circles, not rows. And the dream has looked different and it looks different today. Here we are in Warehouse on Watts, right on Girard, right off Broad and Girard. What a beautiful space that we've been able to serve the community. And I'm praying, I want you to pray with us because we're praying for what is next. Where does God have for us to move? I know just like the Israelites, he led them with his spirit. And Moses even said, don't let us go up from here unless your spirit goes with us. Unless your glory leads, we don't want to go. And that's my prayer right now is that God... You show us where we are to go. So I know this room is full of change makers. I know every one of you, God has given you a dream. God has you a part of a dream. We are a family. We are a unit. Man, we come in, we come into this city with with drive in our hearts, with passion in our hearts because the spirit of God has set us free. And so we come to set others free. We have a dream. We have a dream. I have a dream that, that we have a space that we can serve out of, a place where we can minister to the homeless, a place where we can minister to the unchurched, a place where we can minister to the, the, uh, the next generation. Doc, our, our youth leader, our fearless youth leader, has a dream of having an after-school program where we teach the next generation the creative arts, where we train them up and get them ready for what God wants to do in their lives, to get them ready to think differently, to dream big, to come alive to their purpose. How many know there's so much danger in that? And the enemy knows it. He wants to trample on every dream. He wants to trample on every part of your faith. He wants to trample on it so that you don't see clearly. So that you don't see clearly. But we have a dream. I have a dream to see lives transformed and and not only come to Jesus, but man, we believe, we believe that we're gonna see in in this season God do so much salvation and so many baptisms that the enemy starts to fear you leaving church. Come on. Does the enemy fear you leaving here? Or is he okay? Is he like, ah, they'll just go home, kind of forget what's going on? See, my, my, my heart, my dream, our vision for this church is that when we leave this space, we're so on fire that every individual gets some. Every individual is transformed because we come into love and to serve and to give and to bring about that God out of their life, to do the hard things, to be a change maker. I want to read from you Matthew chapter 11 today to set the stage. If you would turn with me in your Bibles, you got your light up Bibles. Those of you who are online, hey man, welcome, welcome. You're a change maker. In fact, would you tell your neighbor that? Just look at somebody right now and say, you're a change maker. And I wonder what God-sized dreams in this room have been trampled. I wonder what God-sized dreams in this room have been uh, underneath the ground that are ready to surface. Are you ready for your God-sized dream to surface? Some of you have been dreaming for a very long time. I believe that in this season, God's going to make it surface, come to the top. Matthew chapter 11, verse number one says, after Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. When John, who was in prison, 
heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who is to come? Or should we expect someone else? That's a very interesting question coming from John the Baptist. Because this was the man who was in the wilderness preparing the way for Jesus. And then when Jesus shows up on the scene, he says, you got to baptize me. And Jesus said, no, you baptize me. And so John baptizes Jesus, right? The heavens open up, a dove ascends, and God's voice proclaims that he is pleased with his son. So that whole thing goes down. Then we see John the Baptist then taken to prison. And then we have the story where Jesus is performing miracles, signs, and wonders. And John's in prison, and he actually asks the question, is he the one? Or is there another to come? Now you have to dig a little deeper and understand that John wasn't asking this question for himself. He was actually asking the question for all of those around Jesus. He was asking for all of the followers who were following Jesus because John was the one they were looking to as the prophet, as the one. So John was making the process happen. How many know Jesus loves the process? He loves for you to process who he is and process what he can do and process his word in your life. Because when you process it and becomes a reality, you can stand upon it and become a change maker. So John says, is he the one or should we expect another? Jesus replies to those that had asked him that question. He says, go back and report to John what you hear and see. Everybody say, hear and see. Hear and see. These are the most important things that will happen out of your life with Christ is people will begin to hear and see differently. You see, the disciples, when they came to Jesus, they were once ordinary men. The Bible even talks about all the ordinary men that came to Jesus. But once Jesus got involved, they couldn't stay ordinary All of a sudden, ordinary was of the past and supernatural was their new normal. And so Jesus didn't even respond with, tell John, I am Jesus. The I was born in, he didn't go on through the list. He didn't say, because of the prophet Isaiah, because of this prophecy that was fulfilled, I am the Messiah. No, he didn't say anything. What did he say? Report what you hear and what you see. You know what my dream for this church is? Is that people don't even have to hear an invite to change. They just hear and see what's going on here. Come on, somebody. Somebody's walking down. They they used to have broken legs or they used to have cancer. They used to have a disease. And all of a sudden, they're cured and healed. People are like, what happened to you? Oh, Jesus, he transformed me. What? What? Where did that happen? You know, change. That's where it happened. And I believe that when Jesus gets involved in our lives, when Jesus transforms us, all of a sudden, people start to hear and see differently because we're change makers. He said, report to him what you hear and what you see. He says, the leprosy are cleansed. Those with leprosy are cleansed. I'm sorry, let's start over. Verse number five. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. See, Jesus was pointing to the proof. You say, what is a change maker? I can tell you, one who has proof. One where I can see and hear, yeah, God's with them. 
Yeah, I can tell God is blessing their life. See, when you're alive in Christ, you don't have to prove yourself. You don't have to shout from the rooftops who you are. Well, I've done and I've been and I can. No, what you do and what you, what you accomplish out of your life becomes the proof of what's in you. And today, I believe this, to become a change maker, it all starts within. It all starts within you. And that's what Jesus, that's what John realized, is that John understood, in order for these people to get it, in order for these guys to understand, they're going to have to go experience who Jesus is, see the change, and let it transform what's inside of them. Because if you don't believe it, there's no way you can stand on it. But you can tell who people are by the fruit out of their life. Yeah. Hallelujah. How many are ready to do away with the limits on your life? How many are ready to do away with what the world says is standard for church? I'm telling you what. I believe with all my heart this is what God's going to do in this time. In every church who's available and willing and, and, and in position to hear I believe that God is going to pour out a spirit so much that it'll transform the way people see church. It will no longer be a place where you look for the right pastor to entertain you. It will no longer be the place where you look for the right music in order to feel good. No longer. You will go to the place where the spirit of God is moving, period. I believe the, the, the spirit of God is going to pour out so much that we're going to see the word fulfilled, that dreams and vision are going to come alive. And that's a true change maker. When dreams and vision become your reality, when all of a sudden it becomes the norm, is what you see and what you hear. Man, can we just pause right now? Can you just pray? Say, God, help me to see what you're doing. Maybe when you want to place your hand on your ear, say, God, help me to hear what you're doing. Help me to hear your voice. God, right now, we just pause as a church. We want to be the change makers. But God, we understand nothing happens unless we stand wholeheartedly, undoubtedly on your word. Hallelujah. Transform right now, Spirit of God. Transform right now. We go on in Matthew chapter 11. Verse number seven. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out to the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet, this is the one about whom it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you and will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen any greater than John the Baptist. Yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and violent people have been raiding it. Another definition, another translation says, and violent people take hold of it. See, there's a new breed that God is raising up, and he's been doing it since John the Baptist. It's a breed of people who are violent in nature, 
and I'm not talking about the violence of this world. I'm not talking about going and destroying something or punching someone in the face, okay? I'm talking about a violence in your spiritual walk, a violence that takes over in your prayer time, a violence takes over that you have a new posture and a new, uh, a new position of warfare where you don't come in and you pray, God, I hope, and please come and, and do your will, whatever's your will. But you come into a reality where you are a change maker and what you say changes things. And so you have a posture of warfare. And that's what he's been doing since John the Baptist. He's raising up a generation to say, why are we standing around letting the enemy have his heyday with people? Why are we allowing the enemy to play games on our family? Why do we sit back and watch as the enemy takes over our nation? Why? When we see that God has called us to stand the gap as the forceful ones. He says, the kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing, but it is the forceful ones. It is the violent men and women. It is those who have spiritual warfare in their bones. They're bleeding warfare. They come into God and they say, God, today, I want to partner with Holy Spirit. I want to partner with what you want to do on the earth. I want to partner so that everywhere I go, I can release your kingdom. That's a change maker, that we set the atmosphere. We set the temperature in the room. I believe God wants to do that in your life today. Do you believe it? My prayer is that you catch the fire of God. Man, I've been on a, a call every week with these guys from all over. And we get on and we pray on, uh, now it's Wednesday mornings, we had to move it, but Wednesday mornings we get on and we pray. And it's just a Zoom meeting. We just get in there and pray. And at first I was like, this is gonna be kind of awkward. But honestly, it's so powerful what God can do even in the digital space. And so we have um, these guys and we pray and we're just really aligning our hearts with God. We feel dedicated to just hearing his voice and knowing how to proclaim and declare over our families and over this city what God wants to do. And in the midst of that prayer one morning, Zion comes in and he's kind of peeking in at the prayer call. And I'm like, yo, bro, you want to come in? He's like, yeah, sure, sure. So he sits in there and and he's like praying with us, you know, closing his eyes and he's praying and we're taking turns praying on the prayer call. And these guys are just, I'm telling you, these guys are shouting fire. I I love these men. They, They ignite me. That's why I love it every week. But, but we're just sitting there, we're praying, and all of a sudden, Zion taps me on the shoulder. I'm like, what's up, buddy? He's like, can I pray? I said, absolutely, absolutely. And so up until that point, we've been praying for our neighborhoods, right? I've been calling out names of my neighbors, calling out names of those that I know in the city that I'm believing God for salvation. Do you have that list? If you don't, I encourage you to get it. Those that God has put in your path, those that God has placed before you, I had a lady even down at the, um, my bakery that I met, and I've been putting seeds in and planting, but I've been watering them in prayer. Let me encourage you that if you're not watering in prayer, your seeds might not go anywhere. You need to plant the seeds, and you need to water that thing in prayer. God touch. God reveal. God heal. God show. Show up in a mighty way. So we've been praying that, and Zion's like, hey, can I pray? And I'm like, yes, you can definitely pray. So he starts praying. I'm telling you, this boy, he starts saying, God, come like, like a mighty rushing wind. I'm like, yo, where'd that come from? He's like, Lord, I pray that you, the fire of God would just fill my heart. And then he starts naming off those on his baseball team. And he starts crying. <laughs> Sorry. He starts weeping <laughs> over his, his friends. 
And he starts praying, God, let them know you. And I watched as a 10-year-old boy caught the father's heart. He caught it. Because up until that point, we can be so selfish, can't we? I mean, it's all about us. When we pray, I can tell when, when Jesus transforms you. I can tell because your prayers start to change. When you first come to him, you might pray these prayers like, God bless me, bless my home, bless my family, bless all this stuff. And you pray very selfish prayers. And it's not bad. It's okay. It's a good place to start. But when Jesus transforms your heart, when all of a sudden he takes over and he's Lord and he gives you his eyes, all of a sudden you can't pray selfish prayers anymore. All of a sudden it's, Lord, how can I bless others? Lord, save my community. Lord, save those you've placed before me. And all of a sudden, you see your platform, you see your stage, and you become the change maker. Not the one who just believing for a change. Lord, send someone to change. No, you realize you're on the stage to change. And I watched as Zion, man, he was just pouring out his heart. And I pray that prayer over our church. I pray that prayer over you. That God breaks you to the point of seeing like he sees, of hearing like he hears, of being broken for our spaces. And this dream of building a church really comes from the space that we're in right now because it's all about coming together to celebrate what God's doing, right? To invest the fire. Things happen at this altar. Things happen in this space that fill us with with his power and, and fire. But when we go from here, that's when the change takes place. That's when the true nature of who you are comes alive, right? It's easy to be a Christian in church. It's easy to talk the talk and walk the walk here. But when you step out into the the zone, right, the place where God wants you to move, and that's what we're going to be talking about in these weeks. How do we align our hearts to hear him? How do we move and when's the right time to move on the God-sized dream? And, and, And if you're in that faith gap where you're believing for something, what do you do in the faith gap? How do you build yourself in that space, We're going to be hitting that because I believe that in this series, God's going to raise you up as a change maker. Even this week, you're going to find yourself in opportunities. You're going to find yourself saying things that you're like, whoa, where did that come from? You're going to find yourself praying prayers that God's going to break your heart. You were driving the other night, and when we go into the the suburbs, we realize how light the city is. How many have ever driven in the suburbs, and you realize they have no street lights. I mean, none. You know, and the further country you go, the more pitch black it is. I'm like, these people need lights more than we do. You know, in the city, at least we have buildings and things to like light the streets up, and we have street lights. It's like, man, we have a ton of light here. And then you go out to the country, and it's like, whoa, don't turn off the headlights. You know, we're going to get robbed. You know, <laughs> this place is crazy. Like, bears are going to come out of the woods. It's just freaky. But we realize that because. We are in the suburbs, and all of a sudden, we realize how dim our headlights were. And we're like, man, I cannot see the road. Are you having a hard time asking Ashley? Are you having a hard time seeing? She's like, yes, it is so hard to see here. Oh, my word, I didn't realize how much the streetlights helped. Well, we were driving like that and kind of, you know, ignorant to the fact, because when I got out of the car, I looked at our headlights, and one of the headlights was totally out. And so we were living on one headlight. I'm like, babe, fixed it. Look at me being a car guy. Not really. But I realized that we're living on one headlight. And I wonder how many of us live that way in Christ. Where we're not seeing clearly the path before us. And so we're dreaming, we're believing, 
right? We're even praying prayers, but we're not seeing clearly the vision that God has given us. We're not seeing clearly the word of God that he's given us. In Isaiah chapter 60, verse one, it says, arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth. Thick darkness is over the people's but the Lord rises upon you. Can I talk to the change makers in this room for a minute? Can I tell you that no matter how dark it gets around you, you see, I know that a lot of us, we, we work in industries that are dark by nature. You know, I know we, we have Doshero in the building, right? You work in an industry that is dark by nature. But the Bible says that we are the light to the darkness, And what the Lord does is he rises upon us so that we become the headlamps to the path. We become the light to show others how to get to the light. And I thought about that in the context of going to the burbs where it's pitch black. And I thought, man, if they just had light here, and I wonder if some of you even ask that question in your workspaces, in the places you're trying to minister. I know we work in the creative realm. Right? We do video and, and, and all this creative stuff. We, we work in a realm where there is a lot of darkness. And we can ask for days and days and days and say, oh man, Lord, they need light. They need light. And Isaiah says, arise and shine. Arise and shine. And I love it that he did it like that. Because the first thing is to arise. And I just wanted to kick off this series just by calling you to rise. Calling you to get up. Calling you to take the first step. The first step is aligning your heart with God's. To be a change maker, you must first know what you're changing. You must first know what you're called to. And can I encourage everybody in this room, everybody online, can I encourage you? If you aren't weeping over something yet, pray that God breaks your heart for something. Pray that God ministers to you so much that you're sprawled out on the floor weeping before him, saying, God, this must change. If you not yet wake up every day with a purpose underneath your your feet to say, I'm living for something better than just going to work or just going through the motions, or just making a good life for myself. If you don't yet have a purpose, I'm calling you today to align yourself with this heart. In fact, I even want to take a couple minutes around this altar and just pray that God would break our hearts for something. God would break our hearts for something. See, we have a dream as a church to reach this city, to reach the broken, those that are without purpose and without a space to belong. There are a lot of people in this city. I, I know this city is dense and there are a ton of people, but there are a lot of people in this city that feel alone. There are a lot of people that have come from other countries here to find a place, and they are still searching years later to find a place to belong. They're finding, they're they're looking for a place to find purpose. And our heart as a church is to ignite the flame because when the fire of God comes in, man, he gives us a dream that is bigger than us, He gives us a giant to slay, and he gives us the stone in our sling to take down that giant. Come on. And if you aren't there yet, 
I'm believing that God today brings you into a space where you realize who you are, you realize why you're here, you realize the power you have to release. Because we as a church, we're not, sit, we're not set to sit on the sidelines. Amen? Do you know that? You're not, sit to, you're not set to sit on the sidelines. You're not made to sit on the, on the, the bench and watch the other players. My dad played college ball, and he actually, crazy thing, but he played college ball with my wife's father. So, you know, both of our dads grew up in college together, played ball. But the thing was, my dad sat the bench a lot. And, and I asked him, I'm like, Dad, why did you sit the bench so much? Like, you're good. Like, you can shoot and all this stuff. He said, honestly, I didn't get along with the coach. We didn't see eye to eye. I, I couldn't stand what he was telling me to do, and we just never got on the same page. I'm like, thanks, Dad, because when I went to college and I walked in to try out for the basketball team, he goes, oh, you're Hollis, right? I know your dad. Yeah, we didn't get along. I'm like, Dad, thanks. <laughs> Probably didn't get on the basketball team because of that. But can I tell you, if you aren't aligned with the coach, aren't aligned with his voice, aren't aligned with his mission and plan, and you will forever in your Christian walk, sit on the bench and wonder why. And I believe today, God wants to inspire something in you because you are made for something bigger than yourself. You are made to do something bigger. And even some of you might in this room, you might be sitting here and you want to get involved in this dream, this dream to reach the city, this dream to raise up the next generation. Maybe some of you, God has placed the dream on your heart to work with the kids, to work with the youth, to really invest in the future, to raise up leaders who will one day shake the nations. In fact, one day very soon. Because I know even now, when we're serving and we're praying for those on the streets, we even, uh, the other day, uh, this was a while ago, but we, we were praying for this woman who had uh, back issues. And Zion came up. I love Zion, man. He's, he's just catching the heart. He wants it so bad. He's so hungry. And he came up and he prayed with us and we saw healing in that place. See, I believe we're raising a generation this church, we're raising in a family where the supernatural will be normal. That's too quiet in here. I pray you can see it like I can see it. I pray God gives you a vision so you understand. You're not just a part of a church. You're not just here to fill a seat. We're not just trying to fill this place so we all feel good. No, we are reaching a people who do not know Christ and are going to hell if we don't reach them. And we serve a God that when he comes into your life, he transforms everything. Those that are caught in addiction and going through program after program after program cannot be released unless the spirit of God is released into their life. He is the change agent and he wants to fill you today. And I wanna pray today. I wanna open up this altar just to spend a couple minutes in, in his presence. And if you are hungry for more of him, if you're hungry for more fire in your life, if you want to get aligned with the vision that God has for you, maybe you don't have a God-sized dream, or maybe you do and you want it reignited. Maybe you want to step in as a change maker. Maybe you're in the middle of a dream. 
I know me and my wife have been here. You're in the middle of a dream, and you just pray, God, continue to give me fire. Continue to move in my life so I don't quit, so I don't give up, so I keep plowing, so I keep going after what you've blessed me with, what you've poured out in my life. Man, if that's you, I want you to make your way to this altar. I want to pray together today just to release God's presence in this place, to release his spirit. If you're online today, maybe you're in your home, and you need to make an altar, maybe in your living room, you just need to kneel in your living room and just open your heart up. Say, God, reveal to me. Reveal your heart to me. Reveal to me what you want me to accomplish. Reveal what you want me to do. And the beauty is that we just step in as sons and daughters of the king. There's no prerequisite besides just coming and accepting who you are in Jesus. At Change Church, We believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.